Hello, it's Beardy Dads, episode 8 already. Episode 8? How did we get there, Rue? I'm Rue Reynolds, and the noise you can hear in the background, probably, is my nine-week-old son, Oliver. And I'm Nick O'Leary, and what you can't hear is my uh, two-and-a-half-week-old in her cot next to me, and my three-and-a-half-year-old fast asleep upstairs. Last week we were catching up about going back to work and that sort of thing. How's that gone, Nick? You were going to aim to spend about half of the week working and half of the week at home. How's that been? Yeah, it's, it's been good. It's been, well, from a work perspective, it's been tricky. I think taking days off in the middle of the week just is <laughs> quite disruptive to getting back into the flow of working. Right. So it doesn't feel like I made a huge lot of progress, but the important thing was I had a lovely couple of days midweek with the family. Does that mean that you're also sort of up in the middle of the night? Well, Lauren's tending to sleep for a, a while. I think we said last week. So she's she, overnight. She tends to go about five hours between feeds. And that sounds really long. That's amazing. It does, and you know, it's slightly worried. Again, we talked about this last week. Slightly worried that are we not feeding her enough, all that sort of stuff. But you know, if if she is absolutely sound asleep at th- bang on three hours, yeah. It just feels wrong to wake her. The acid test is going to be on um, Monday, which will be our next... It's our next slot for weighing. Yeah, make sure she's continuing up the curve. Yeah, you'll see how she's progressing. Yeah. And you said last week that she'd already put on, I think it was at least a couple of Mars bars worth. Yeah. Are you sensing that that trend has continued? Well, her her next weigh-in, she hadn't put on as... You know, even half that. Mm -hmm. I think that, that initial put on of weight was a, a spurt if you like yep and that's in part why I'm, I'm interested to see how she gets on on monday because she's bigger i mean there's no doubt she's she just looks longer in the mm-hmm. crib I mean, yeah. she's i mean what two and a half you know virtually three weeks old and she just looks bigger it's it's weird when when you sort of even just over that time scale you realize how much they've changed Mm. I mean, you, you must be seeing it with Oliver's hat. Oh, so much, yeah. How's he getting on now? Because he was, what, 0.4 percentile or something like that? Yeah, we talked last week about the percentiles, didn't we? So he's always been a, a small baby for his age. Um, when he was born, he was four pounds, eight and a half, um, which to me sounds, still now, sounds very small. Obviously, we, we've known lots of friends with well, with very premature babies and a lot of friends with twins who've had, you know, three pound, even two and a half pound babies. Um, but yeah, Oliver was, was a very fragile little boy when, when he first came out. Uh, and then he's fairly quickly gone up in the last few weeks. Um, I think last week I said he was, he was seven and a half or something, so over seven anyway. Right. In the week since then, he gained another pound. Um, okay. So yeah, he's, he's sort of well up into eight and a half now and uh, is, is still growing quite fast. So he's... Yeah, he's now in the something like the first percentile rather than the 0.4 percentile. So he's sort of jumping up the graph, which is very interesting. And growing a, a pound a week seemed like quite a lot. We were quite pleased uh, and he yeah. definitely needed it. You know, he was he was uh, definitely in the mood for feeding a lot and sleeping sure. a lot, which is, I think, what, what he needed to be doing. Interestingly, he's also, in terms of sort of development, he's much more alert now and he's looking at things and keeping your gaze... Um, you know, lo- looking at things over a much greater distance, right. even laying him down on the on the playmat and with with toys mm-hmm. suspended above him, he's not reaching out and grasping them with his fingers, but he's whacking them with his arm. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, doing doing a lot more smiling, which is really lovely. Oh, lovely. 
Yeah, it's good. And growing longer, not just fatter. So, yeah, filling the cot and filling the the crib and, and filling right. the clothes. Oh, my goodness, we're up to sort of the <laughs> second or third wave of baby grows now. It's uh, quite astonishing just how, how fast he's filling them out. Have you actually measured his height? No. Because that's one of the things you get at birth. And in the Red Book, we should talk about the Red Book sometime, but in the Red Book you get with your baby, um, <laughs> it's got all the growth charts in that we've talked about already, but one of them yeah. is height. But certainly with Toby, it's blank. You know, none of the visits we did with anyone... Did they re-measure his height? No, same for us. They didn't do it at birth. They they never measured his... Okay. Uh, his, I think initially they call it length, and then they gradually switched to calling it height. I'm yeah. not sure what age that is. But the um, yeah, the length measurements um, seems like, at least where we went in, in Southampton, uh, the hospital didn't do it, and then the midwives have never done it, the alphas has never done it. So, yeah, at, at some point the weight becomes less useful and the height becomes more useful, but... Hmm. For certainly for small babies, I guess because they, they wriggle around so much and their height is probably quite dependent on whether, whether they're lying or, <laughs> or curled up in a ball or whatever. Yeah, I think the other one they do is the head circumference. Yes, that's right. I've no idea what that's looking for. Well, I suppose for natural birth it makes a lot of sense that you'd want to know how big the head was. <laughs> but beyond that, um, yeah, maybe it's just another data point that you can, you can track to see whether progress is being made. Yeah. Baby dads! Last week, I talked about my Wi-Fi being interfered with by the baby monitor. Oh, yeah. Um, and Wes West got in touch on Twitter and suggested that um, normally in the uh, Wi-Fi settings, you can change the channel. So I've changed it from channel 1 to channel 13, and it seems to have helped it a little bit, actually. Okay. So thanks, Wes. So what else have you been up to this week, Rue? Eight weeks in, uh, it was the the vaccinations, the first round of, uh, of jabs. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think it's the five-in-one vaccination that you get at eight weeks which Rachel had been a bit worried about beforehand because she'd heard that sometimes you know they, they can react badly to it and they can you know it can leave them a bit a bit fevery and, and ill yeah yeah so we went into a bit nervous but um he was fine he uh he probably spent an afternoon and maybe the evening a little bit grumpy and you know maybe a, a bit fed up and, and maybe a tiny bit hot and, and bothered but he got through it really well actually and and slept okay that night I think this week, maybe partly because of, of that, but partly failing on my not drinking caffeine rule. Right. <laughs> I forgot, and I had dinner with a couple of glasses of fizzy drink, which I'd made in the soda stream, uh, and made, made this stuff called Dr. Pete, which is a blatant rip-off of Dr. Pepper. <laughs> right. Quite delicious, but does contain caffeine, uh, and my body's not used to caffeine anymore, and I was very awake that night. So this week's probably the most variable for me in terms of sleep. I think one night I had just over four hours sleep, which was rubbish. Yeah. And another night I think I had ten and a half or even eleven hours sleep. Yeah, a bit of a luxury. Yes. This morning for us was our first attempt at getting everyone up and out of the house by about quarter past eight. Right. Because uh, Toby does Friday mornings at, at kindergarten and normally I would take him and pick him up at lunchtime and work from home in the afternoon. Okay. But for reasons, I had to be at work for the afternoon. So rather than have to do the car seat swap in the middle of the day, Joe said she was happy taking him in. But of course, that means getting everyone up and out in time. It was a bit hectic. <laughs> I think everyone got to where they needed to be on time. Right. That's I good. Just as I pulled out of the drive at home, I realised my breakfast probably had popped out of the toaster some time ago <laughs> and had gone cold. Nice. But it meant I could have a bacon sandwich at work. There's worse ways to start a day. Yeah. Well, um, getting getting out of the house and being where you needed to be and not 
doing so with you know clothes in disarray or baby <laughs> yes. sick all down you is pretty good going really yeah it went okay it's nice to know we can do it if we need to you mentioned car seats um i yeah. was going to ask you about about yours because car seats was a thing that going into having a baby i didn't know anything about and i was quite surprised going shopping and, and thinking well i'll get a car seat and i've heard about this thing called isofix and i know our car is equipped with isofix so i'll get a car seat that does that i thought that was how it worked it turns out that you need a special base thing and the base clips into the car and then the car seat clips into the base. And that, that extra step took me a little bit by surprise. Yes, once you start looking at it, there's such a huge range and it often comes down to you know how much do you want to spend? Because mm. if you compare the shop mamas and papas, the, the range they sell tends to be quite expensive and you could end up spending thousands on not just the car seat but the whole travel system. Yes, travel system was a phrase that I had in mind when we went shopping. And I was thinking, we definitely need a car seat. But while we're there, we'll probably end up getting some sort of wheels. (laughs) And I was thinking, some wheels and a car seat is all I really need. And we came home with quite a lot of stuff. We came home with a travel system, which was, it's a pram and a pushchair, and the car seat fits into it as well. Yeah. Um, The pram thing is also a travel cot, which they can stay in overnight, which is quite handy. And, yeah. yeah, that was good. Um, different components had rain covers <laughs> and a lot more boxes, a lot more things than I was expecting to be bringing home. Yeah, and it's one of the main reasons why you, you can no longer pack lightly. We got the Maxi Cozy Cabrio Fix. It clips in, as we talked about, the Isofix base. Mm. So Maxi Cozy also sell this, what they call the Family Fix base. One of the things I str- we struggled with is just working out, well, which base... Is it certain bases go with certain car seats? Is it? I think that's how it, it works, that, that certain ones are compatible. So we've got the Maxi Cozy Pebble car seat, right. which is also compatible with the Family Fix base, which is the yeah. Isofix plugs into the bottom of the seat, and then it has the flappy down leg so that it sort of rests on the floor as well. And what I quite like about that base is it's got warning lights and, and beepers. Because it's got this three-light system, hasn't it? It's got a light to tell you the Isofix is properly attached. Mm-hmm. It's got a light to tell you the leg is firmly extended. Yeah, it knows that it's it's holding its weight up. And then yeah. the third light for the car seat itself is now engaged properly in the base. Yeah, and it gives you a nice little beep noise, which is good feedback. Yeah, And, and good feedback that you're not having to look at some little coloured bit of plastic that might be in one position or another. Mm. You can put it in in the dark without looking and you know that it's gone in properly which i I really like about that base yes for us obviously we've got toby who long since has outgrown the cabrio fix he's now on his third car seat oh so was it about a year that he upgraded and then when was the next one i think it was slightly less than a year but basically he outgrew it and so we then moved up to the maxi cozy priory xp Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> so again, this is it's an Isofix seat, but not one you take out. So how do you mean with the Pebble or the Cabrio Fix we're using today with our babies? You need to be able to lift the whole car seat in and out because you're transporting the child in. Yes. So it clips into the Isofix base. The next size up, the Priory XP we've got, basically stays in the car. Oh, you no, okay. You no longer take the carry the child around in the car seat. Yep. The car seat stays in the car, and you put, you know, you lift the child into it. So, does that uh, mean that it's no longer fitting into the family fixed base? The car seat itself clips into the car. That's it. So that that family fixed base, which I seem to remember we bought on the premise, 
it would grow with Toby, that we would be able to get a, the next seat up that would fit in it. That's what I have in mind as well, Nick. Yeah, I think... You're disappointing me now. You're saying my next car seat, I won't need this base anymore. I think it was in part knowing we would have a second child. So anyway, so the Pro XP, it's, it's a big one. It isofixes in and still has the straps, you know, the shoulder straps, like the, the rally driver three-point harness. Very satisfying. It, oh, it's, you know, clunk clip every trip. And yeah. you don't ca- do not catch your child's fingers when you do it. Cause they, they don't like that. Yeah. But and this is still, so the the Priory XP, yes, this, makes me laugh just saying these product names. Is that still a rear-facing car seat, or at this no, stage the, are you switching over to front-facing? This is now front-facing. Okay. Again, that's one of the choices people make. Do they? How long do they want to keep rear-facing versus front-facing? The only difference in my mind is that if you're rear-facing with a with a head-on collision, which I guess is what most car accidents are, then the weight of the child goes into the into their back rather than into the harness. Mm. I, I might be making this up, but that seems just logically like the reason why it might make a difference. Certainly friends of ours who are have been quite sort of vocal proponents of staying rear-facing as long as possible, um, that, that's been the, the argument they've taken is, is the risks are lower. But I don't know. We, we didn't look too closely at it. I, we, we went with the Priory XP and it lasted Toby a good three years and then over Christmas just gone. We got, well, I was going to say what will be his final car seat, but he'll probably have a little booster cushion mm-hmm. at some point. <laughs> and this is a Maxi Cozy Roddy Fix. <laughs> That's an even better name. The Roddy Fix. Is that R-O-D-I? R-O-D-I Fix. It's now he has the seatbelt rather than the straps. Right. Which is slightly disconcerting because now, I mean, he still falls asleep occasionally in the car and he'll slump forward sometimes. And because he hasn't got that harness on keeping him in place. <laughs> It's not, he, obviously he doesn't fall out of the seat, yeah. but he can slump quite a long way forward. And <laughs> it's, um, you know, you actually, you, you have to sort of wake him and get him to sit back up and try and make sure he falls asleep leaning back. Mm-hmm. Um, the other downside is because he's not tightly strapped in, if he were to choose to, and thankfully he hasn't yet, he could easily just escape the seatbelt. He could crawl his way out of it. Right. If he was um, a little wriggler, he'd be all over the yeah. place. Yeah. Yeah, and that suddenly happened with friends of ours. Their, their little um, on occasion would just you know, crawl out of his car seat whilst they're driving down the motorway just because he got bored. And, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult thing, that. Yeah, well, we have it very easy at the moment because when we put Oliver in the car seat and then put the car seat in the car, instantly asleep, usually asleep before the car seat is even in the car, um, I think it must be a very... A very sort of warm and comforting place to be. It is quite a cliche of you know, using the car journey to get your child to sleep, and it does work. Once or twice with Toby, we did resort to like 11 p.m. just going for a drive just to get him to sleep. I remember when I was in kiddie care on this shopping trip, when they said, "and the car seat is uh, is suitable for use for up to a couple of hours." I think they said, you know, like two or three hours is as long as they as long as they should be in there because of hips or something we were a bit taken aback and we said well what what do you do if you're on a long car journey <laughs> it sounds stupid now because now we know about babies but at the time we were just yeah. you probably wouldn't be aiming for an eight hour car journey where you did no. nothing but driving yeah that that three hour limit is handily you know the interval between feeds then yeah so we'll include links in the show notes um in case anyone's in the market for car seats and, and are interested in having a look at the ones that that we've got but as Nick said earlier, there are so many out there. Yeah, there's so many. And 
I mean, we haven't even touched on buggies. Maybe we should talk about buggies in the future, in a future episode. But yeah, it's when it comes to the expense, it, it is certainly one of the bigger outlays you're going to face. Yes, I think those two things, especially as we did them on the same day, um, that definitely accounted for quite a lot of the the pre-birth expense. Um, and yeah, maybe in another episode we will talk about buggies. Um, and if anyone's got any tips for buggies that, that they've particularly got on with, or indeed would want people to avoid then uh, let us know. As ever, you can reach us, podcast at beardydads.co.uk. And we're on Twitter as at beardydads. Beardydads! Nick, we've had an email. Excellent. No recording on this one, but Derek Murphy's been in touch and congratulating you on your new baby. Congratulations, Nick. Well, thank you, Derek. Uh, And also asking a couple of questions. First one, photos. What do you use to organise your photos? Do you print them? And how do you plan to store and access your baby photos when they're all grown up? Those are good questions. At the moment, most of the photos I've taken are either still on the camera, <gasps> I know, or they are on the laptop. Oh, and Nick. It, it's actually, I think this conversation is going to spur me. I think once, once, once we're finished here, I'm going to just go and grab those photos and get them somewhere else. Typically, we tend to put photos up on Flickr, but that's feeling less and less like a nice thing to do these days. Mm, um, Flickr getting worse. And equally, though, I've never really gone huge on Facebook. You know, my parents aren't on Facebook. Long may that continue. So we tend to just email photos to them. Right. Nice, odd ones. And, and whenever my parents visit, my dad will take lots of photos and he'll email some back to me. So, mm. yeah, I, I really need to do something better. On my laptop, I do have them all organised. And, yeah, I think right now Dropbox seems a just at least get it somewhere, get it off yeah. this machine. I, I have got... Fair everyone shouts at me, I, I do have backups. I have got two or three backups, one here and one actually on my desk at work that I, I sync my photos to. So having had a hard disk failure recently, we lost a couple dozen photos that hadn't been backed up. Not baby ones, thankfully. I mean, this was before Lauren arrived, but soon after that, I, I doubled up on my on backing up photos. Yeah. Oh, it could have been a lot worse. We, we had a, a very big disk failure recently, and, and it was a disk that had some photos uh, it was the only place that those photos were living in um, oh, no. which was a bit a bit terrifying um, man- managed to retrieve everything that that was only in one place but um yeah it made me very very thoughtful about a backup being more than just everything being on one yeah. hard disk which is a bit of a silly thing to do so yeah we're we're doing the dropbox thing we've right. got a shared folder and we throw everything in there and then if uh, you know grandparents email us photos then i'm i'm sure to drop them into that pretty quickly um, and oh, even nice. if Rachel takes a photo on her phone and, and texts it to me then I'll uh, I'll save it to Dropbox so yeah it's becoming quite a good off-site backup uh, and yeah. then that in conjunction with most things being either also on Flickr or on one or both of our hard disks as well means yeah. that we're no longer on quite such thin ice as, as we would be. Mm. What about printing because um, we, we did some printing quite early on with Photobox which went quite well. Well we with Toby did um, I think we said in a previous episode we did a photo book for Toby's first year got four or five of those as gifts for the grandparents mm. um, that was really nice actually it was uh, I think we used Lulu for that one or maybe it was Photobox oh, we, we've done a couple photo books for different things like you know, holidays things like that and I know we've used Lulu and Photo Box, and I can't remember which was for which, but yeah, to be honest, they were both pretty much as good as the other. And there's Blurb um, as well, which we've used in the past. Ah, Blurb, yes, we've used Blurb as well. At this point, I can't really recommend one over the other. They're, they're all good. I think each offers its own set of templates, 
and you kind of just pick the one that gives you the the look and feel you you're after but mm. i really liked the fact we'd done this photo book because um a few days after lauren was born and we were home with toby i sat down with toby and one of his bedtime stories i got his photo book down oh that's lovely yeah it was really nice just showing him the photos of when he looked like lauren does he got a lot from that it was really sweet. That's really nice. So Derek also asks us, Rue, saying that his wife's recently started listening to our podcast. Hello, Mrs. Murphy. Hello, Mrs. Murphy. Uh, she's enjoying it. Of course she is. But was asking if you know of any similar podcasts, but with girls, lovely mums or something like that, he suggests. So podcasts for, for the ladies, um, there are quite a few. I've, for a while, been subscribed to One Bad Mother, which is uh, Jesse Thorne's wife, Teresa. Uh, and a friend of hers, uh, and they've been doing that for a while, which is pretty good, uh, quite good fun. And I spotted in iTunes last week or the week before um, a newish one from the UK uh, called Scummy Mummies, uh, which is quite good. I haven't listened to very many of those, but I, I listened to the first couple, and uh, I quite liked the fact that it was you know UK-based mums. Hmm. I'm not a mum, but those are the two that, that if I was a mum, I'd be listening to a lot. You mentioned iTunes, Rue. Oh, Yes. Have we had any more reviews? We've had two more reviews. Oh, wonderful. I love it when our listeners review us on iTunes. It, it's a bit of a highlight for the week for me. I'll read the first one. This is from uh, a girl who goes by Amberzum. 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 And she says, You really do have a diverse audience. I'm a childless 18-year-old girl. I love the honest, fun parenting podcasts. It's nice to know what to expect in years to come, and I'm just somehow drawn to downloading them. It's probably the beards, I would imagine, Amberzum. It's a bizarre addiction, she says. I find it really interesting to get a realistic idea of all the parenting and baby-related malarkey that just isn't in the books. Now I can enjoy points of view and anecdotes from a pair of beardy dads, as well as my other favourite podcasting parents, two scummy mummies. Ah, she listens to them as well. All bases covered, she says. Brilliant. Thank you, Amber Zum. I'm glad you're listening to it. As we said to the 16-year-old boy last week, don't rush, take your time. So we've also heard from Dave Plays Drums. That's a good name. He says, love this podcast. It's fantastic to hear dads talking quasi-seriously about being parents and all that goes with it. Learned so much already. Five weeks until our son is born, I'll be a nappy ninja by then. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you, Dave Plays Drums. Yeah. All the best with your new son. Um, do let us know how it gets on. Yeah. Let us know how nappies are when you're doing them for real. I've got so fast, by the way. I'm super quick with nappies. It is a skill that you go... What, 30 odd years never having done a nappy you think oh nappies dealing with poo and all that sort of stuff but it is definitely one of those things you just get on and do and yeah it then becomes yeah how quick can you do exactly. it exactly i was going to say it, the the trick yeah. is how quickly and in hospital i think once we've taken a nappy off of oliver we might have gone uh, you know i'm i'm estimating here but it might have been five to ten minutes before putting a new nappy back on again we definitely don't wait that long anymore. It's on and off, quick as you like. Well, certainly, though, that it can be nice to give a bit of fresh air, if you like. Ooh. when Not just bath time, you know, to give some... A bit of breathing room. Some, some nudie time, mm. as we used to call it. Um, but, yes, it is a gamble. Um, you know, you need to be prepared to have a towel and don't do baby nudie time on your clean sheets in bed. <laughs> that, that's not a good place to do it. Not on your chest, perhaps. On this programme, we like to have other people uh, and their voices, uh, and we haven't had any contributions sent in this week, so it's, it's worth saying, if you want to be on the podcast, if you've got any stories or tips or confessions or you know whatever it might be, all you have to do is just record yourself and send us an MP3, which you can do at podcast at beardydads.co.uk. 
I, I did say on Twitter a couple of days ago, I did say if anyone has anything to share, then here's our email address. And to be fair, Nick, somebody did get in touch. We, we have had a contribution. It's not quite our usual sort of thing. No. But Chose Mac featuring DJ YRS Jersey has sent us their latest track <laughs> called Jack's the Ripper. And we'll play some of that now. Jax, Jax the Ripper How many stars does it take to make the Big Dipper? Rhyme shocking your body like you got caught in your zipper I know about the flow mo, cause my bro's name was Flipper My words got me on the verge of being that Jade M. Killer and my gang's name's Thriller Call my long bars on the mic, got deliver Mommy want Papa's In case you didn't quite catch it there, we had, um, we had the lyrics Jax the Ripper Jax, Jax the Ripper How many stars does it take to make the Big Dipper? Rhymes shocking your body like you caught in your zipper. So I'd like to think that if uh, Chose Mac, featuring DJ YRS Jersey, is actually passing on any advice to dads out there, it's uh, don't get caught in your zipper. I like to think that's a, some sort of Sesame Street number song. Yeah, how many stars does it take to make the Big Dipper? Perhaps it's in the non-radio edit. Does he actually tell us? I think that the email that came with the MP3... Uh, which suggested that this was a track with an old-school meets new-school type of vibe to it, uh, is pretty spot-on. The least we could do is say thanks to Chose Mac. Whether this is the sort of exposure you're looking for, I don't know, but... I'm a bit of a hip-hop fan, I must admit. I do like a bit of Dr. Dre from time to time. And actually, Nick, I I think this could grow on me. I might actually, uh, now that I've been sent this free MP3, I might add this to my iTunes collection. I did start introducing Toby and Lauren to a bit of Jay-Z this week. Oh, yeah. Um, I think this ties nicely into what we spoke about a few episodes ago about age-appropriate, you know, watching films with bad language in front of the kids, that sort of stuff. Oh, right, with, in front of babies. Obviously, we do not do that with Toby at all. No. Well, Toby can, Toby can talk. <laughs> Toby can talk and he can repeat things he hears. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so we've introduced them to Jay-Z. Now, Jay-Z is, isn't known for his child-friendly lyrics. He's not been on Sesame Street, to my knowledge. No, he hasn't. There's this awesome... CD collection, and I use that word um, knowingly, the Rockabye Baby CDs. Have you come across no, these? I've not heard of this. These are lullaby renditions of famous artists. Oh, nice. So you can get a lullaby rendition of ACDC, Aerosmith, The Beatles, Black Sabbath, Bon Jovi. You can tell it's uh, alphabetical order. <laughs> There's Coldplay, Guns N' Roses. Music that grown-ups like. Yeah, music that grown-ups like, but... It's beautiful lullaby versions. Oh, nice. So they're quite addictive. We actually got my brother the Blur one for Christmas for, for their newborn. and I mean, you can get lullaby nine-inch nails. <laughs> what more could you want? And who's the artist responsible for the lullaby renditions of these tracks? It is this label, Rockabye Baby okay. Music. Okay. And it, it is their thing, is these CDs. So I know they're streamable on Napster, because that's, that's how we've done it. But you can buy the CDs um, from their store. Brilliant. Oh, I'll look out for that. Um, I'll see if they're on Spotify. Because I imagine if you're listening to nursery rhymes all the time, then having some nursery rhymes in the early days, which are um, appealing to both the, the children and the parents at the same time, that does sound like fun. And I have to say, the um, I know you're not the world's biggest Coldplay fan. No. 
but the I, I'd almost go as far as say the Coldplay version is an improvement. <laughs> yes, I, I couldn't imagine it being being ruined in any way. <laughs> I imagine that the, the uh, Lullaby version of Coldplay would be would be much more fun in some ways. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So I'll be looking out for Rockabye Baby Music. Thank you for that tip, Nick. No problem, Ru. It, it It is quite addictive. And it's probably time to say thank you very, very much for listening. Um, we'll be hopefully back next week. Thank you to everyone this week who's been tweeting to us and about us. That includes Chris Beadle, Ian Stimpson, Tim DP, Kieran Ryan and Aaron Ashmore. And Aaron uh, tweeted saying how he had his first NCT antenatal class this week. So do let us know how you got on Aaron. Yes, please do. And thanks as ever to Wes West for our theme tune. Thanks, Wes. And we'll be back this time next week. Bye, everyone. Goodbye, Nick. Bye, Rue.